Benjamin, and this is my grandma Bubby, and welcome to episode one of The Tale About Science. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk about my grandma's life in New Guinea. I could add, so I could say that we were in Papua New Guinea, my husband and his grandpa, Mark, and I, from 1967 to 1969. And we chose to go to the most primitive people that we were allowed by the government to go to. They were in the Stone Age. They were living in the Stone Age. So I have a couple of questions for you this week. Okay. First question, what was your favorite animal? Well, my favorite annual animal was named, it was a particular animal. He was named Wanyuru, and he was a baby wild boar. Oh. And, and he was, which is a wild pig, and how the people, gatherers, and they have simple gardens. So they go out hunting, and if they kill a mama bi- pig, that has a baby, they take home the baby and they raise it really because they want it for food, but they raise it until it gets big and they feed it until it gets to be a big pig and then they would eat it, but they wouldn't do it when it was a baby unless they were really, really hungry. So there was this baby that lived with us. It was a very small group of people and he was a black boar pig and he with short hair and what he really liked was to lie on his side with his legs stretched out and me to scratch his belly. That sounds ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. It was heavenly. I never had any relationship with a pig or a wild boar who was domesticated because he lived with the people and where he lived, they had their houses were raised up in stilts. So the pig, lived underneath the the stilts of the of the house but he would when he would see me and i'd come out i mean he'd let me he'd lie on his side because he knew i was going to scratch his belly and also he his eyes closed a little bit and he just looked heavenly and he just looked like somebody who was in heaven having their belly scratched yeah it sounds like a pretty cute experience if you ask me it was So, um, yeah. For my third question. Second question. Second question. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This is a bonus episode. I'm doing three questions. I usually wait. Wait, Benjamin, talk louder, please, and get closer to the microphone and talk slower. Since this is a bonus episode, I'm doing um three and not one, but I usually do two and well one, I guess. So, my third question. Okay. What was your favorite wild place in New Guinea? My favorite wild place? Well, you know, most of the places were pretty wild because this was a little, little at the top of a ridge with all circled around by jungle. And I can tell you something that happened one night that was 
extraordinary. And I've never seen it since. I walked out of the house and the moon was low in the sky. It was setting in the sky. And so it was, but it was a bright moon. And there was opposite the moon, there was some hazy clouds. And you know how when you have some moisture in the air and the sun is setting, you get a rainbow? Yeah. And that's because the sun is setting and it's shining on the um, it's shining on the mist or the rain, uh, you know, the mist after a rain. Well, I walked out, the moon was low, there was cloudiness opposite it, and there was a moon bow, a big arch, a big arch of silver going from the jungle from the left to the right. It was a complete arch. Excuse me, and Lord? I've never seen that before. And some people have seen it because there is a word I learned afterwards that refers to moon bows. But I actually saw a moon bow in the jungle. Excuse me, Ben. Can I talk, please? What's that? Oh, can you remind um, our listeners what a moon bow is? Well, it's like a rainbow, but instead of being made by the sun that's setting and that's reflected off some moisture in the air often after a rain and that's why it's called a rainbow when the sun set a rainbow happens when a sun sets and opposite the setting sun is moisture in the air and it it turns the sunlight which has got multiple colors in it makes a rainbow but the moon only has white it's only white. It's reflected light from the sun, actually. And this setting sun in the uh, setting moon in the sky opposite it made a silver arch. It's just like a rainbow, except it was silver in the night sky. Cool. Very cool. Incredibly cool. So, um, my third question. Yeah. What is your, what was your favorite food, not dessert, in New Guinea? Food well, in- <laughs> there were a couple of foods that I really, really loved. But my favorite was a sago pancake. And, and some other time, perhaps, I will describe the miraculous, intelligent way that people get sago flour and it's very 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 complicated uh and these are supposedly stone age people and they have figured out how to extract a flower from a sago palm tree and i it would take too long right now to describe that but it's mind-blowing how they figured that out i don't know how they figured it out but anyway, so you get this sago flour and it's dried. It's, it's from a sago tree and they dry it over the fireplace in the house. You know, they have fire pits sort of in their house. They burn wood that they've gathered from the jungle. And what you do is you have a fire in your fire pit and you have a flat stone that is slightly curved. You take the flour and you spread it on the spot 
on the center of the stone over the fire. And then you take a coconut shell and sort of tamp it down a little bit to make it into what looks like a pancake. And then after the first side gets cooked, you flip it over and the second side gets cooked. And what happens is it tastes terrific, but inside the pancake, it's a little bit moist. There's a little residual moisture. And so it's a little bit gummy. And then they take off the pancake and they give it to you to eat, you know, with whatever else you're eating. And it's delicious. So that's something I really, really love. Now, can you tell me your favorite dessert in New Guinea? They didn't have desserts. They don't, they're too high up in the mountains for sugarcane. Sometimes they would trade for sugarcane. But Mark and I would bring, we would bring in as treats when we came, when we had a field break and came back, we would bring some Cadbury's chocolate bars and some Hershey's, ooh, and some Hershey's uh, powder to mix, like, so you could have, even if you just mix it with water, like a little bit of um, chocolate. And we wouldn't eat it very, we would share like a half a Cadbury bar once a week or something like that. But listen, one of the things, they never tasted sweets or chocolate. And I can remember one time with one of our friends, one of the New Guinea friends, giving him a taste of it for the first time in his life, tasting chocolate. But they didn't have desserts. They had some fruit, that, uh, but no desserts. Mm. No sugar. <laughs> so, um, uh, I just thought of another question. Yes. And, um, is it okay for you if I ask one more question? Of course. Now, if it's too complicated, I may not know the answer, but give it a try. What, were your, what was your scariest encounter in New Guinea? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I guess <laughs> the scariest encounter was that, you know, they had snakes that were very, very, pythons that were very, very big. And these are not people that have, you know, guns or anything. So one day we were in, they have trails in the bush, in the, in the forest, in the rainforest, tropical rainforest. And we're walking behind, Mark and I are walking behind a guy who was sort of guiding us along this trail. And all of a sudden, and you have to understand, this is a man who's wearing sort of a grass skirt, you know, or grass, you know, he's not wearing anything but um, sort of grass tied with some string in the front and the back. And that's all he's wearing. And he's going barefoot. And he's carrying a net bag that he made uh, out of tree branches. And, uh, and so he, he, we're walking behind him. And all of a sudden, he, he, turn, he just holds his hand behind himself with his palm up facing us, meaning stop. And then he reaches back in his net bag and he takes a, a stick that, with a fork in it. And he, boom sticks that fork on the neck of the python large snake that was across the trail in front of him and he stops us and then he it thrashes around and it thrashes around and he's all 
only holding it with all his weight on this stick that's holding it by the neck. And then with his other hand, he takes sort of a hammer-like thing and he bashes it on the head and kills it. So it doesn't come and bite us. And that was pretty scary. That was pretty something, wasn't it? All of a sudden, there's a wild python right in front of you. And but then you know how to see that's it, the people there, they knew what to do. Even, you know, people your age knew how to deal with things in, in, the, in the forest and they knew how to get food. They, you know, it would be an adult who would be able to deal with that python that way. But uh, that, was, that was a pretty, you know, stop and breathe moment. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. So basically what happened is you and, um, like, who else with you again? Mark was just Mark, my husband, your grandpa, Mark. It was the two of us. You and and Mark. then we went, we found out where we could, where we could go. And then we took a boat as far as we could go, go up a river. And then we took a canoe a little further. And then you had a walk to get to where these people were. So basically what happened is you had to like take a two-part boat ride, then like walk three miles. But on the way, the like jungle dude signals a stop and then there's a python right in front of you and he and he traps it and then basically kills it with this Thor hammer. Yeah. Yes, except so, this wasn't on our way there. This was when we were walking from one one place to another. But that doesn't matter. It's basically okay, what you said. Okay. So for for you, it sounds like, for him, it sounds like meh, an everyday thing. But for a socialer, a, someone who lived in, like, someone who used to live in the city, <laughs> right? like a pretty crazy experience. <laughs> You said it, kid. <laughs> it was a crazy experience. Mm. Yeah. So, one question. Yes. Want to get on to the story? Sure. So, I'm going to try and, like, make up, like, I don't know, um, like a name for it. Okay. But you're not going to make up, are you going to make up the story as you, as we speak, or are you going to think about it and then make up the story? Um, I'm going to make it, I'm just get. I'm going to, I'm going to make it up as we go. I know that's not a smart decision, but I'm going to do it, whatever. I'm okay, if you got an idea, do it. So, the name of this story is called Pachico, the Human, and the Giant Snake Beast. <laughs> okay. Sounds like an epic story, huh? Yeah. It is. So, in a little village, there was a little baby boar named Pachico. Okay. And he was protected, but he was protected on a far in in the jungle on a farm in a village by um a woman named Judy. Okay. Starring you, of course. Good. Now, this is... Okay. And I like wild boar, so... And I thought of a wild boar because you said that, and so... Yeah. Okay. So, then Pachico... This... 
so then one day, well, Judy was working on the farm and cuddling Pachico. Um, Pachico, out of nowhere, said, "What is my dinner time?" And then Judy jumped back in surprise, <laughs> and she was, she said, "Uh, you can talk." Yes. I am Pachico, the magical boar. I did not No, I adopted a magical boar from the rainforest. Wow, wow, this led to a whole opportunity of craziness. What to do? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, so then Pachico suggested they took a walk. Yeah. It was a short walk, but then... They heard a rabbit. Huh. It was a small rabbit. But then the rabbit grew, grew louder. And a bit louder. And a bit louder. And then a tiny... And then... And then a tiny little green... Fro- little blue frog with significant markings on its back, came up to them mm. and said, Rabbit! <laughs> I am Tidelick, the thirsty frog that saved that saved Australia. And then, and then Judy probably fainted for like two seconds because she d- didn't believe there was, a, there was a talking frog that saved Australia a hundred years ago and who saved it from the giant flood that almost destroyed Australia. Mm. And then she woke up and she was like, okay, so first a talking magical boar and then a frog named Tylek that drank the flood of Australia and he can talk to? What is this universe throwing at me? <laughs> A burrow. Uh-huh. So, well, and it was Tidelix's burrow. And Tidelix said, Do you want to be my friend? And um, Judy said, um, I already have a friend of a uh, wild pig. You mean, you mean Pachico? I know him. Well, who's ever a friend of Pachico, I guess, is a friend of mine, no matter if they talk or not. And they <laughs> make pain or not. <laughs> so, Tidelick, Pachico, and Judy went on in the forest and then found another burrow. Huh. This one was bigger. Much bigger. Mm. And then, something like a snake became slithering out of it. Mm. And this wasn't just any old snake, snake-like thing. It was bigger, yeah. much bigger, but with significant markings like tidelet, ah, lizards, and other exotic creatures on it. Well, t- tidelet had right, almost like Mayan writing on him, and like circles and lines. This. 
This particular snake had significant markings of animals on them and almost tails. Mm. And then it spoke. I... My name is Rainbow Serpent. I mm. created the world. And then Judy faded for another hour. <laughs> because first beloved pet can talk and grant wishes. Then she meets a talking frog that saved an entire continent. And then she meets a giant snake, rainbow snake with tails on on him for like tattoos or something. And he created the world. Wow. She almost died. She almost died of surprise. So, and luckiness. And luckiness. And he said, would you like to be my friend? <laughs> and Judy said, well, I already have a friend. Well, I already have a friend who saved an entire continent. A friend who can grant wishes. So why not a giant serpent that literally create- created the universe? What could go wrong? <laughs> And then they saw something in the sky. Mm. And in the water. Mm. And on the land. In the sky, there was a huge, and I mean like bigger than the rainbow serpent, giant serpent. This oh. guy was called the giant serpent. And he earned his name. He was twice as big as Rainbow Serpent. Almost three times. And he said, Watch out. <laughs> and then in the water, there there was Alibada. The giant. You're cutting out a little bit. I can't hear. The giant eel who destroyed the ocean. And he said, Watch out. And then on the land, there was bigger than probably all of them combined. Probably bigger than both of them combined. Like, the biggest, longest thing you've ever seen. A giant python. Ah. Too big. You could thrust a spear through its head, and it could, and it could just wiggle away. And it had so much motion in that wiggle that the spear could come flying out halfway to Japan. <laughs> it was probably like they call him the World Serpent. Mm. And then the world serpent, the giant serpent, and the Ariba and the Laribata all slithered on the land. One small, one bigger, one large. <laughs> and then Judy 
to your face. She just stared. Stared. Yeah. In horror. Three enormous snakes. One of the one of one of the sky. One of one of literally the volcanoes and one of the water. Uh huh. What could be more terrifying? So we pause the story for a quick break. Judy, okay. how are you feeling so far about this story? I'm feeling this story is a very creative myth. A myth, you know, that could be passed down from generations to generations with, but I'm waiting for the, ex, for two things, the explanation of why this is happening and, of course, how the friends, all of the friends, can can survive and still be friends. The, the boar and the frog and even the first snake or all the snakes. And I'm, I'm just wondering how it's all going to get resolved. Um, Judy, one thing. Yeah. There's going to be a nice lesson at the end, too. Okay. Actually, two. Okay. I'll tell you the first one right about now. Okay. Don't go in the jungle with a pot with three enormous snakes lurking you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what if I was in the jungle what with my bo- little boar friend and then it all happened? Okay. Word of advice, um these um three friends um um there's a little spoiler alert. They're going to fight. Mm. but they have wishes on their side and a giant snake also but they're facing three and the biggest thing you've ever seen so Mm. yeah it's going to be a hard match and I'm just wondering whether that moonbow can save them in some kind of a way you mean um rainbow serpent oh maybe that's who he is the rainbow serpent was part of the moonbow or something yeah, there was actually, um, actually, legend has it that the that the rainbow serpent, um, when it like gets too crowded or like annoying, it it flies across the sky, what as humans see as a rainbow. Ah, right. So who knows? Maybe the magical fairyland bridge can save them. Who knows? Ugh. This is going to be a hard fun. <laughs> so, back to the story. Okay. The, two, the three friends were terrified for this decision, but actually, pause for one more second. Yeah. Rule number one. When you go into, when you have this particular situation, don't fight. Run! Wait, and what just happened? Back to so the two friends were grieving for their life, mm-hmm. but they said, "But you, but Pachiko said, I guess we have no choice but to fight. Fight, 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 
the three serpents said. And Rainbow Serpent said, I guess we don't have a choice. Mm. Hydelix said, well, now I've seen everything. The <laughs> two biggest things in the universe. Right. I'm ready. <laughs> and Judy said, <laughs> fainted again. Judy said, I, uh, say that <laughs> again? Just stare. Faint. It was literally stare at the terrifying things that may kill them. Faint for another two minutes, but then she woke up. Huh, for some reason I fainted. Let's battle! <laughs> and then Judy used her natural skills of the wild. Mm. Apparently, Tidelick gave her a magical bri- um necklace that gave her the power to control the the waves and the nature. Mm. Tidelick drank all the water and then basically used himself as a water gun to uh, wow. knock out the Lari the Laribata. So wow. the um so Tidelick fought the Laribata. Yeah. Because since he drank up all the water, he was big. So now we, yeah. so now he had like a new move that he called like, now he's called like the face kick, which I actually know, but it's a take on frogs. So he like stands up and then kicks him in the face. And yeah, the size advantage was a big what, help. I, so big frog we... versus huge, huge eagle. Okay. And the frog has water gun power, but let me just warn you, in mythology, the Ladibata um, can, can control the wave, so there's ah. a big problem with Tidelet. Um, The Ladibata can control him. So oh. no matter what he did, the Ladibata, just with a flick of her tail, can make um um the well Heidlick knock out their friends. But then they always came back for more. But then he then the Rainbow Serpent gave him enough another le- necklace with immunity to the to the Ladibada's um serpent tail. And then oh. He kept blasting at the uh, Ladibata. Kept blasting repeatedly. And then when she looked all tuckered out, he gave she he gave a, her a nice good whack. And the Ladibata probably died or just slithered away in terror. Oh. But most likely died because who can survive a giant frog with a water gun now? Right. Not me. So, the Pachiko, um, faced the giant serpent. He used his, since he's the one with the wishes, he has endless wishes. So, he turned himself into a ninja. A like, probably big enough to take on the giant serpent. Mm-hmm. And he fought endlessly. 
again. But yet again, the giant serpent can fly. Why can't Pachi go? Mm. He has three weaknesses. He can't fly. Yep. He can't. He can't. Um. He can't. Um. Swim. Uh, yeah, he can't swim, and he can't climb. Oh. He can only shape shift. Mm. He can jump. But here's the thing: he can shape shift. Oh. So he can shape shift into a bird. Oh. Without fighting skills. So I guess he could turn into a bird ninja. Do you think that's likely? I'm not sure. I don't know I too much about ninjas. I guess if you're a Genie wild boar, I guess it's possible. So he turned into a kung fu eagle and battled the giant serpent. Oh my goodness, and that's how he prevailed. And then and then um the um giant serpent gave up Mm. and flew away. Okay. But then came the giant serpent. Here's the thing. He's immune to water. He's immune ah. to, um, he's immune to, um. The frog spitting water at him. Yeah, he's immune to that. And he's immune to magic. Oh. So, anything, he's not just a giant python. He's magic too. He can make anything go right through him. But here's the thing. He has one weakness. Poison water. Ooh. And unfortunately, Tyler drank some of that poison water. But mm. it didn't him. Since of his necklace, he's actually immune. Oh. He spat the poison water. He, and here's the thing about the world serpent, or the volcano serpent. Yeah. He's immune for, ele- for 2,000 years. Oh, my. Because um, he has eternal immunity. What he has eternal power. What can I say? But then the rainbow serpent was not giving up. He he made a spell that could take away the immunity. And then Pachiko put his put a spell that well now the magical ninja bird put a spell that he could shrink that to shrink something. To shrink. Mm. And he went, Apico Pachiko, shrink him a doodle. And then <laughs> he shrunk down to the size of about an average person. Mm-hmm. Like about the size of me or something. Yeah. And the fighting bird, well, Pachiko in his fighting bird state, sliced the volcano serpent in half because when. He has a spell used on him. Yeah. His, his spells get taken away. And so the three friends defeated the world serpent. Wow. The end. Fantastic. What an adventure. Did you like the story? Yes, I did. I liked it very much. Very much. So, um, 
Well, thank you for making a a tale, a wonderful tale of my experiences. So, That's really something. And I totally forgot about your other two things. Well, that's all right. You know, I'll do some more things with you in the future. So, have a nice day. And have a nice day to you, whoever is listening. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you very much. From the Tale About Science. Tale About Science.